Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's, um, let's see, it's Tuesday late afternoon. I'm going to take a shot at the Haftorah today. It's the Shabbos HaGadol Haftorah, of course. I'll go out of order, do the partial later. Um, just thinking about it. Today's uh, podcast and Haftorah is being sponsored by the Robbins family, by Ellie Robbins. His father's yard site is this week. I Robbins, I remember him personally very well, actually. He was my Perche leader, among other things. I was in there as well when he bought the Perns bookstore. I go back that far. So, um, a very smart person, by the way. His father was a, he died, died uh, young. Uh, a very smart person and a very <laughs> interesting sense of humor. Um, so, thanks. Neshama Shavon Aliyah. And here we go. We're looking, of course, at the Haftorah um, of Shabbos Agol, which has nothing to do with Shabbos Agol. Uh, the only thing is, at the end, it says, at least this is my understanding, <laughs> that, you know, of uh, Nil or whatever it says over there. Since the Yom HaGadol, since reference to that, Shabbos HaGadol, so, you know, you go like that. Uh, I believe that's the connection. Now, uh, this is the, the actually the last part of the of the Nevi'im uh, of, of the Bible. It's Malachi, uh, you know how it goes. You have the three big prophets, Yeshai, Yom, Yechesko, and they have what you call Treyasar. Treyasar, the small, 12 small prophets. So, Shei, Yolam, Zavadia, you know, like for a Chemdas test. Yona, Micha, Nachum, Chavakuk, and so forth and so on. You end up Chagas, Chay, Malachi. So Malachi is at the end. And it's very interesting that, therefore, Malachi would come out beginning of the second temple period, it seems. And in the Gemara, they said Malachi is the same person as identical with Ezra, which is a suggestion. And it's very interesting. I think it's very uh, intriguing. Uh, so let's take a look at the Parsha. Now, as always happens, not always, I shouldn't say that, but as often happens with Aftorah, they like yank it in the middle of a narrative. Really, it start var, but Well, that we know from the uh, you know from Shemones we say at the end every day. But that's only you know that's picking up in the middle of a story. In the excuse me, in the end, though, the, the trouble is that you know we have these chapter headings which are set up by the Christians and so forth. And um, really, in my opinion, it should start from verse seventeen. Um, in the in in Perk Base, and not from verse four or five in Perk Gimel, uh, and there it's really interesting because basically, uh, we're at the beginning of Second Temple period. It seems a lot of things were going wrong. There was a mass uh, uh, intermarriage, especially if he's identical with Ezra. Uh, say it again, it was a big intermarriage that caused a lot of trouble. Uh, the Arabs were attacking um, in all kinds of different ways, and uh, people uh, suffered so much, it's not easy to build up Israel, uh, that they basically got angry at God and said it's all God's fault, or God hates us, or this kind of stuff. And the Novi says, Hogatim Hashem B'Divrechem, you've driven Hashem crazy with your complaints. It's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> I know Ellie Robinson was a shul president. People drive me crazy with shul president with the complaints. 
every round by every shul president can say, and the people say, we, what did we do wrong? You know? And the answer is, I'll tell you what you said wrong. All who do evil are good in the eyes of God. Knows Hashem is Matzlich, all these guys. Look at these people who get rich. Look at these people who are Matzlich and look up to. The yeshivas kiss up to them and all the rest of it. They made money. How did they make their money? This one in this dirty way and that one in that dirty way. It's Oisara. This guy's a wife beater. That guy's a this. But because they got guilt, everything's great. So people get cynical. Obviously, God must like that. Because why would he make him rich? Why would he make him powerful? Where is this God of justice you tell me about? Looks to me like what works in heaven is guilt. <laughs> you know? Not only downstairs, upstairs also. It looks like it's mumming. That's what it sounds like. Uh, Where is this God of justice you told me? I may believe that God is all-powerful. I may believe that God can do whatever he wants. But who says he's nice? Right? Who's, one doesn't necessarily flow from the other. In our experience, they say, shows us that Hashem likes the, the, the rich and the powerful. And therefore he says, the Navi says, no, you're going to see. You're just not around yet to see the final business. Hini sholech malachi, I'm going to send an angel, pino derech lefoni, and he will clear the path. No, he'll start killing all the bad people. And then the God you're looking for who will administer justice will show up. And you'll see the Malchabris show up, um, whoever that is. And basically, you'll start to see bad stuff happen to the people who deserve it, no matter how rich or powerful they are. Okay? And it's going to be scary. Who can behold the day of his coming? In other words, it'll be one scary time. Because let's face it, I don't want it to happen. You don't want it to happen. We think we're from the righteous. <laughs> you might not be, okay? And who can withstand that kind of audit? Nobody can handle that audit. It's like a fire. It's like sulfur, right? And Vyashimatara Summit is going to burn out like you burn out impurities from gold and silver. So all the sinners, I'll say it again. Who says I'm not from the sinners? Who's saying I'm not from the sinners? It's going to be scary. And then in the middle of all that, Harsh stuff. And then Hashem will have a good time. <laughs> That'll be sweet. Yeah, thanks a lot. You want to come in and kill everybody? You know, no, only the dishonest people, only the bad people. Fine. If you go like that, there'll be one person left. <laughs> okay? But you, in other words, but the day is coming. The day of judgment is coming. And I'm going to show up. But you see, and Hashem says, I'm going to show, let's put it this way, I'll bring up testimony, like you say today, all the guys committing atrocities in Ukraine, all the guys that are doing anything wrong, Aiden and Mahir, I'll be a tough witness. Machashvim, Menafim, Nishmila Shagar, he's going down the list. Those are into Keshav, those are into sexual stuff, those are into false swearing, Oshki Sarah Sakir, the people who screw their employees, Almona, those who screw the widows, the Yosam, Matagir, Leuni Hashem Tzvos, Oh boy, that is going to happen. And then Hashem's like this, and don't complain. You've been bad from day one. I've been telling you to do tshuva, and you got the chutzpah to say like this. What do we have to repent? I'm a good person. Like you say today, I go to shul. You know, uh, I pay my tuition. What do you want for my life? Okay, well, 
You don't keep up on your mice and truma and stuff like that. Okay? So basically, in those days, as Rashi says, they used to withhold the, the wages from the Kohanim and Levine. Today, you'd say, you know how it works. Uh, you're uh, mistreating your employees. You're not paying them properly. You're cheating them and that sort of thing. Um, so it's pretty bitter. Notice it's not what you think that this is Shabbos Agol, Haftor, everything's peachy keen, just like in in, in the Chumash, Shabbos Agol was when they took the lamb in Egypt and the Egyptians were not able to do anything to them. It was a triumph of faith and they put the blood on the doors and then came Pesach and Makas Bacharis. It ain't that kind of a Torah, right? Uh, and basically, Hashem is saying, through the prophet, Hashem is saying like this, you cheap so-and-so's, you have no faith. Why are you uh, cheating your employees? Why are you uh, failing to meet your financial obligations? Today, you'd say you're not paying your money for, I don't know, the yeshiva, the synagogue, the this, that, and the other, you know, uh, Hatzola work and all the rest of it. In those days, it used the words uh, Meiser and Truma because the people who depended uh, on, on, on uh, what's the right word, uh, subsidies, a donation to people, donations were the Kohanim and Levim. That's the way the Chumash set it up. That the Kohen, especially in the Levi, is supposed to devote themselves to basic English work. That means they're not employed in other jobs. They could be doing other things and making work. So you, with the Truma, are supposed to give them that, that, that supplies them with, with their Parnosa, and you're not doing it. And is the famous, um, what do you call it? The famous uh, prophecy where he says, You, Asir Bishvil Shatazashir, you know. In other words, have a little faith. Give the meister that you're supposed to give, or as we'd say today, give the tzedakah that you're capable of giving, and you'll see you. Bechanuni gambazos, Amar Shem And give me a bechina, God says. Bechanuni means give me a bechina. You, 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 you take care of your meister stuff, and, and, and your bank account will swell. You understand? Your money will go up. It's the opposite of what you think. You think if I give away too much, then I'm going I'm to lose money. The more money you, you give out, he says, you know, you'll see the money will come in somewhere out from another angle and it'll be more than before. You see? And it goes on and on and on. Okay? Now, uh, again, same thing again. I can't stand. Hashem, see, you're driving me crazy with your, with your stupid words. What's the point? You see, at that time, people didn't see instant satisfaction and therefore, you know, um, they saw a world where, you know, the evil triumphs and, and, and this is what got to them. And the Navi keeps coming back and saying, don't listen to that. Now, the culmination is you and I know, because again, he says it'll be a fiery day and the wicked will perish. Um, the the culmination, as we know, the most famous part of Torah is the end. He says, Zichru Torah Moshe Avdi, First of all, don't forget what the Torah says. Me, keep it and don't don't ask questions. Ashetzi b'chorli more, and hine anochi on shalakam zeli Now, what this is supposed to be, the coming of Elio, not the Mashiach, but the coming of Elio. Now, here, to be perfectly honest, a Bible critic would say Elio is presented as a messianic figure, but as you and I know. That's not how the Torah tradition takes it. But rather, Elio is not the Savior, but rather he is the 
herald of the Savior. He's the herald of the Mashiach. Elio Novi will, will show up to prepare the ground for the Mashiach. That's very interesting. So how's he going to um, prepare the ground? In other words, he before Bo Hashem. Now we already heard earlier in this parak, when Hashem shows up, oh boy, everybody will be audited. The day you'll be up the creek. Unless you get your act together in time. So let's say a guy had a lot of sins. It could happen. I know nobody listening to this podcast has any of errors, but I've heard elsewhere <laughs> people have errors. Uh, let's say you got your errors. And then you hear, uh-oh, the, 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 uh, the, what do you call it? The, Hashem is showing up in, in five days. The Messianic era, Hevli Mashiach, what's the right words? You know, uh, the, you know, the, the terrible times that'll precede, the apocalypse that'll precede the coming of the Mashiach. World War Three, Christmas. Guys like this, if, the, if Hashem's really coming in five days, I better make a Cheshman Nefesh right now. And stops, you know, stop all my virus, repent them, get them out of the way. Because the truth of the matter is, ain't Dover If you mean it, if you mean it, that's the basic principle of Judaism. Ain't Dover No matter what you did, I repeat again, no matter what you did, if you really repent, you know, with the whole nine yards, Harata, Kabbalah, Yogon, Anacha, all the things you find in the Shari Chuvah then you can get it out of the way. Well, you better. <laughs> because in five days, if you don't, you're doomed. So he's saying over here, that's going to be the job of El Yonobi. He's going to scare everybody into repenting. Before God shows up, as mentioned earlier in this parak, and says, I'm going to burn everything out. I'm going to purge the sinners. I'm going to nail everybody. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Well, okay. If you know he's coming very soon, you <laughs> I want somebody to help me, you know what I mean, uh, get rid of my virus for self-interest, you see? So that's called Yom HaGadol HaNurah. It's not the same thing as Shabbos HaGadol. It's Yom HaGadol HaNurah, which means the coming of the Mashiach or something close to that. You know, it's not clear exactly what it is, but one thing is clear. It's, it is clear. It said earlier in the parak that, you know, God is going to show up and all the wicked are going to get it. Now, what he says over here is like this. <laughs> that the job of Elio is going to have to be very interesting. Um, and <laughs> So, the plain meaning is a very interesting one. And that is, there's going to be a generation gap. This happens from time to time in Jewish history. Um, think uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you two that I, that come to my mind. Generation gaps. One you may like, one you may not like, depending who you are. When um, the pioneers went to Israel like a hundred years ago or something like that, you know, that sort of thing. And built up the Moshavot, the Kibbutzim, all that business. And the parents didn't agree. A lot of times you had a situation where the kid says, I don't want to be a chassid like the father. I don't want to be a misnagah like the father. Back I want to go and be a Zionist or something like that. So it's just a different, I think my parents are just wrong. 
that's a generation gap where one generation saw the values of the other generation is it, it, just totally wrong. You understand? And it never was reconciled. So you have a ton of people in Israel who are chilonim today, super chilonim, and yet if you look, I mean, this is well known, you look at their at their family pictures, the grandfather, grandmother, grandmother back in Hungary, Poland, Lithuania, and so forth, was a front person, could be a chassid. The one now sitting there eating treif, and who knows what. And I'm going to say this, each in their own way meant good. The elder generation of the legacy got to follow the Torah. The younger generation is like this. This Torah stuff ain't for me. I'm going to build up Israel. You know, so both mean well. One was right, one was wrong. One was wrong, one was right. You got Nobody can work that out normally. You can't expect that Generation A and Generation B would come to a, a, a meeting of the minds. It requires divine intervention for that to happen. It requires divine intervention. That's the meaning of that's how I understand it. I'm sending Elion Navi. I'm sending a miracle worker. Elion Navi is not normal. Elion Navi didn't die. Elion Navi, back in the Book of Malachim, went up to heaven in a fiery chariot, which means it's not literal. You know, heaven is not a space where you go up to. It's not like Jack and the Beanstalk, as they say. He was translated, that's the English word, to another state of being. You know what I'm talking about? I assume the people listening to this have basic idea to Tanakh, basic idea. And in the Book of Malachim, I think in the beginning of Malachim Bays, somewhere, um, early on, uh, there's Eliyahu with his buddy Elisha, his disciple. And at one point, Eliyahu says, listen, I'm, I'm out of here. Don't even look. And Elisha does look, and he sees Elisha, uh, Eliyahu rise in a fiery chariot with fiery horses to heaven. I'll say it again. That's not a literal story. So it's trying to say that Eliyahu just changed. Now, it did not say the word die, which is unique. Moshe Rabbeinu was a great person. We would consider Moshe Rabbeinu the greatest person. Guess what? The guy was born, the guy died. The birth of Moses is told like a human thing. Ain't no immaculate conception stuff. And later on, Moshe dies at the end of the Chumash. You know? So, death comes. And, and yet, Eliyahu not. He's described differently. This, my friends, is why we have all these stories about Eliyahu Nabi all the time. How come you never say like this? I was in trouble, and Yeshaya Nabi came and saved me. Nobody talks like that. I was in trouble, and I was saved by Yermio. But people say, I was saved by Eliyahu Nabi. That you heard. A guy showed up, and really was Eliyahu Nabi in disguise. How come they never say, it was Hoshea Nabi in disguise? Shmuel Nabi in disguise. It's always Eliyahu Nabi, because Eliyahu didn't die. We're about to have the Passover Seder. Isn't there a big tradition? You know, we always have fights over this. Um, the cup of Elio, and Elio goes to all the Seders, and, you know, that's where the skeptics at the Seder say, eh, eh, eh. and the others say, no, it is real, and so forth. Uh, it's Elio, it's not anybody else. So, um, my point is like this. So, he's a divine messenger, as it were. So it will require divine intervention to make the older generation and the younger generation, each one see that the other one had something good. They don't necessarily agree on the, on, you know, how, but see there's something good. Now I'm going to tell you the, a, a, a different kind of thing. 
that we are experiencing in our own lifetime. At least this is my observation anyway. That's the BT movement, the, the Balshuvas. You have a ton of people, you know, plenty anyway, including some, I'm sure, listening to this. Now, let's say they come from parents, reform, conservative, less than that, communist, all kind of stuff. And the son, the daughter, at one point or another in his and her life, decided they want to be orthodox. I'm talking about a case where the parents never, you know, uh, come to terms with that. Notice, when they say come to terms, they can't see it. They just see things differently. They say this whole from business is baloney and you're uh, in a cult and so forth and so on. <laughs> I think I remember it. Did I tell you? I read once that book from Rabbi Feldman, Elon's father in, in, in um, Atlanta. That was a great story. He said something, you know, he was in car of a lot of people. He said, I have to remember how it goes. There was a young couple and they were BTs. And she went to Harvard, I think that was the story. And her parents were like really unfrom. And they became, you know, they started going to the show, becoming Shabbos Shabbos. And the mother said, I sent you to Harvard and you lost your mind. Then you joined the cult. And she said, come to the show, you see it's not a cult. No, that proves it's a cult. Come to the show, you see it's not a cult. And the story, well, I haven't read this in a long time. And they came to that show, the Feldman show in, in Atlanta. And went, you know, to attend services. And when it's all over, they went to Rabbi Feldman Sr. And, you know, he said, this is my mother and father. And they said, we don't like this, but it's not, oh, but it's not a cult. It's not for us, but it's not a cult. How do you know it's not a cult? Your sermon. Oh, very good. What was in the sermon? It's not a cult. No, I saw people were not listening. <laughs> you know, which I think is a apocryphal story. But the point is, you see, leave of us, abundantly abundant all of us. That now... We've seen other direction, NCSY, Chabad, all the rest of it. You see, the younger generation is going this way, and the older generation not. Now, there's a certain type of family where when the kids become from, either the parents go along with it eventually, or at least they make peace with it, or you know, they come to see things their way. But I also know equal number of families, plenty, where the parents can never get over it. To, you know, how how did this happen? Uh, they're sitting shiva because their kids went from, <laughs> you know. But it's it's true. We all know the famous story. The guy says to the, the lady says to the rabbi, "Where'd I go wrong, right? Where'd I go wrong? You know, this my son is now in Lakewood, and that son's in uh, in Gateshead. My daughter's in Stern College. What's going wrong?" And the rabbi said, "Better check the mezuzah. The mezuzah might be kosher." You, you know that story. But what is that all about? It's it's leave of us all bunny bunny all of us. It's a generation gap. <laughs> And what he's saying is these generation gaps are serious and they're irreparable. And therefore you cannot hope that time will heal all wounds and all the rest of it. And in general, in Claw Yisrael is coming a time when either generations, grandparents, parents, grandchildren, whatever, or possibly, when it says obvious abundance, it might possibly mean different sections of Claw Yisrael. That's what it seems to me. Different section of Klai Israel. You know, if the Mashiach came tomorrow, you know, your uh, uh, liberal, whatever Jews, they say, we, we, we don't want any part of this, you see? Because uh, it goes too far against our grain. Um, and so, it, so in that case, since it's so deeply grained and it's not really removable by regular argument, so what's going to happen is 
that is going to be lit. I'm going to have to send Elia Novi on, on a divine mission. Elia Novi can do miracles. Elia Novi can do things that others can't do. And I require a basic measure of Achtis and Klai Yisrael. You don't have to agree totally, but I require a basic measure of Achtis Yisrael for the Mashiach to come, which is interesting. That's why I don't think Mashiach is coming tomorrow. I would like him to come tomorrow. In principle, I need Mame Bermuda Shleim and so forth, but I don't see it tomorrow because the Jews are too, too, too torn apart and in each other's throats. Uh, so it will require the coming of a miraculous prophet like Elio, who didn't die, who lived on, you know, miraculous. That's what that means. That's why he can come back and forth. He can switch zones all the time because he's working in a miraculous um, level. And um, he will somehow or other be he will explain the old generation and the younger the younger generation to the other well that's my word I didn't say he would explain he would be meshiv he would figure out a way to bring him back over here now Rashi says something um, fascinating okay and um, Rashi says and it's mamish like today like nowadays that I'm going to read it for you a second. At the end, that's the most interesting part of the Torah. If you look at anything this week, you check out the last Rashi's in the Torah. And Rashi's like this. At the time that we're talking about Mashiach and so forth, the older generation will be the problem and the younger generation will be better. Isn't that fascinating? Like I said, you find in America, um, at least we've all seen a lot of cases where the younger ones became Baal when the old ones did not. You don't usually see the other way around. You do sometimes. I mean, I do know a couple of cases like that, where the older person, somewhere in midlife or later in life, became from, and the children never went along with it. I have seen that. But I've seen a lot more of the other case. And listen to what Rashi says. This is Elio's job. He will restore the Levavist Hashem. In other words, Elio will get the older generation to become from. You hear what I said? Not the younger. He will get the older generation to become from. Al Bunim. Al Yedei Bunim. Which is a fascinating way of translating the Pasuk. You'll get the older generation to become from by getting the young ones. You'll speak to the children. Elio will speak to the children. In a nice way. Using nice words, get your parents to become from. <laughs> now, this is a truism. I'll tell you again, people in the, I'm not a care person, but people in the care business, it could be the, you know, the, the NCSY or, uh, you know, the, what am I thinking of? The, you know, in Israel, the, um, or Sameach, that kind of thing, Esha Torah or Chabad, whatever it is, they'll tell you. If 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 the family situation is, is is situated right, a kid, meaning a young person who becomes from, can get the parent to move in a way that nobody else could do. The parent who's stubborn like an ox may possibly listen to their own kids because they'll take from their own kids what they take wouldn't take off of anybody else. That is what Rashi wrote a thousand years ago. I think it's fascinating. Yomar Labonim, Elio Novi will say to the Bonim, Derech Avarotzen, 
using nice language. No, you won't say, tell your old man he's an idiot and start putting control on the jerk. You know, don't say it like that. Speak to your parents that they should get from. Right? And in other, I'm giving my interpretation. And in other circumstances, it might be the other way around. The, the parents who became from and the children not, maybe there's a way, because he's a parent, that he can be able to speak to the kid and get them to become from in a way that somebody else couldn't. Rashi says this is what he got from Menachem Ben Chelbo, who I told you about the other day, who was a contemporary of Rashi's back in France, you know, a thousand years ago. Uh, now, Rabbi Seinu Darshu, Losim Shalom Ba'olam. The usual shot is nobody's going to bring world peace. Leave us one another to reconcile mankind and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's also possible, but I like Menachem Echelba better because it more corresponds to the reality that we see in our time um, when you had this very interesting interplay between parents and children, grandparents and grandchildren, and the from anti from thing can go in a lot of different directions. And Elian Navi will be able to stir it up. The meaning, as far as I can see, is absent that it ain't going to happen so much. We all see it happen sometimes. We do. But you don't see it in a mass way. And this time, Elian Navi is going to do it in a mass fashion to the massive quality throw. Uh, I think there's a very interesting kind of idea. And it's in some respects, it's more interesting than Shabbos ago. Because Shabbos ago happened thousands of years ago. And this prophecy has not happened yet. So in that regard, you know, it's um, it's very striking. <clears throat> and uh, as I said before, it corresponds to what I would say 21st century Jewish family social dynamics. Um, we certainly see a lot of what the Navi complains about in the parish that people say, it's all gelt, 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 and God must be bought off also. And so forth. Shav, Navod, Kim, and so forth. I mean... You know, people do complain about that, and they're not wrong. But, on the other hand, they don't want to see, you know, like I say, the coming Mashiach, which brings uh, the grand audit. And then not only the, the, which I say, the corrupt rich get audited, but everybody gets audited. Nobody wants to be audited. Anyway, that's the very interesting Haftorah that we have in this week of Shabbos Agoro. And uh, I want to thank again the Robbins family. And I remember, as I said, I remember Ari Robbins rather well. And then it's Sham Shavaliyah. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.